my name is Sean. Um, I work with the youth ministry and the groups ministry here at church. Uh, pastor Barry, who is our senior pastor, is on vacation. Um, um, him, Dawn, and the kids are down in North Carolina visiting some of uh, Dawn's family. Um, so we hope they're enjoying their time away. Uh, this morning, we will be looking at the fifth and final installment of our Advent series. Uh, so if you would, please bow with me and uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask this morning that you would be here with us, among us, moving, touching our hearts. And Lord, as we step back and have the opportunity to celebrate the final week of Advent, this Advent series, Lord, I pray that you would just be speaking into our hearts and just be moving among us. So, Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity. Pray, Lord, these words would be yours and not mine. Amen. Forty seconds of silence. A little bit of maybe awkwardness and uneasiness you may have been feeling. I thought about when I was going to do this, wow, 40 seconds isn't that hard. And then when I realized, wow, 40 seconds can seem like 40 years. Can you imagine the awkwardness or the anxiety that they were feeling off 400 years of silence? And then God spoke. And then God begins to, un, begins to tell and unveil the second part of what we see of God's story in creation. And we have Advent. And we've been cel- beautifully celebrating Advent for the past several weeks. But when you stop and you think about it, and as I've been looking at this and as we've you know, been talking about it in staff and, and, and just in, in the studying, it's a very unusual cast of characters. Joseph and Mary, the most unlikely of couple, the shepherds, not the most prominent professionals, and now enter the Magi, the wise men, a Gentile, pagan, priestly order of men that are making a journey to pay homage to a king. They were looking. They had been looking for and, and, and waiting for a king, for this, for this shepherd, for this ruler 
have been listening, waiting for something, for a sign, for anything. And then God met them where they were to bring them where he wanted them to be. 400 years of silence broken. Now these guys, these magi, didn't just hop in the car and, 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 and drive a couple hours down the road. This was a journey of all journeys. And it got me thinking because, I mean, we've taken as a family car rides of probably the longest eight hours, and at that point I'm ready to pull what little hair I have left out of my head. So I can't imagine a journey that took several, several months up to possibly two years. And it it begged three questions for me. Really, who, who were they? Where did they come from that they would make this journey, and why would they come? And so when we look a little bit deeper, and, and, and the scripture tells us, is reading through in, in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 really give us a lot of information that we need to know about the Magi. And in verse 1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, the Magi, who they were, in other words, these wise men, they were, they were prominent figures, prominent religious figures in their country's religious courts. People looked to them to better understand from a religious standpoint what certain things would mean. But they were also very well-rounded and very wise, so they were looked to from a diplomatic standpoint as well. But they also, and probably most notably, at this point in time, were astrologers. They looked to the stars to find, to look to the stars to see if there were signs, to see what the gods of the heavens were trying to tell them. And so they, they were looked at, and part of the reason why they were looking at the stars for this sign was because that's what they naturally did. Where they came from, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. So we know from the east, the the historians say they traveled roughly about 900 miles because of the terrain. They couldn't make a direct line from where they were to where Jerusalem was. And it did. It took several, several, several months, up to possibly two years. Where they were was what you would consider the region of Babylon, kind of the Persia. So there was this influence still of Judaism, because not all of the Jews had chosen to come back to Jerusalem after the exile. And so Judaism, being a very unique and very distinct religion, both in its theology and its practice, these wise men had been influenced and had been rubbing up against people who had practiced Judaism, and they knew about it. They knew about this this coming Messiah. They had studied the Old Testament scriptures. And we can see that because they come from the east to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one 
who has been born king of the Jews. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And then a little bit farther down in verses 6, they quote the prophet Micah. They quote an Old Testament prophet. These pagan, non-Jewish wise men. They were familiar. They knew. They knew about this. So why did they come? Scripture says they came to worship. And the Greek translation here means that they, were, they, had, came, they had come to pay homage to a king. Now, that wasn't an uncommon thing, and we see that all throughout Old Testament Scripture where foreign dignitaries would come and they would pay homage to you know, King David, King Solomon, and some of the Old Testament, you know, Old Testament kings of, of Israel. So that wasn't a whole foreign thing, but the fact that these guys had been watching, they had been listening, they had been looking specifically, specifically for this star because of what it represented. And they knew the importance of making such a long journey. Their worship was authentic. But I don't believe they fully understood the depth of who Jesus really was. They understood him to be important. They understood him to be significant. Which is why when they arrived, and instead of coming to a palace, they came to the home of a peasant, they were, they were awestruck. They were awestruck. But ultimately, I believe, they came because they were seeking a promise. They were seeking a promise. And a promise is what God has given us. As we finish out this Advent season, it is a promise that we leave this season and head into a new year with. Because it is the promise of Jesus that God has given us in this Advent season. It's the promise of himself and what he represents. The silence is broken. The promise is fulfilled. It's here. Not as most would have expected it, but in the way that God knew we needed it. And we see this. It's breathtaking that he comes in the form of a little baby. Yet it's alarming in his vulnerability. Breathtaking that he comes in the form of this innocent little child, yet breathtaking in the vulnerability. Now, interesting, we would see that played out some 30 plus years later. The innocence that would be so vulnerable that it would hang on a cross for you and for me. And ultimately, the promise would be fulfilled. The promise in Jesus, he's the culmination of king, of Messiah, of shepherd, of ruler, and that's exactly what these wise men had been looking for. On the outside and probably on the surface, they're looking for the promise of this king that was going to shepherd in Israel to make them once again a powerful nation. And yet they come and all they see is this baby. Again, not at a palace but as a home of a peasant. 
But see, God's promise brings us from where we are to where he wants us to be. And it's the promise of hope. It's the promise of joy. It's the promise of love. It's the promise of peace that Jesus ultimately represents, that God ultimately spoke during this Advent season. And in each one of those promises, he meets us where we are and he's bringing us to where he wants us to be. The promise, it's fulfilled. God's display of sovereignty is so right there for everyone to see. He, he guides the wise men. He guides these magi on a multi-year journey, several months, to bring them exactly where he wanted them to be. He has his hand over Joseph and Mary, not just on their journey, but on bringing them together in an understanding of hope, of peace, of love, of joy, and then continues to keep his hand upon them as they needed his sovereign control over this story. But ultimately, the promise that we have in Jesus that was really kind of changing everything and I believe is, is, is hugely symbolic in these foreign, non-Jewish religious leaders coming. The ultimate promise, the big thing that we can look at and say, this is it, is that it's deliverance for everyone. He didn't come just for the nation of Israel. He came for his entire creation. And when we see this, we know that we have a hope in a risen Savior. We have a hope that he brings peace to our lives. He brings a sense of joy that we cannot find in this world and a love that we will never experience from anything or anyone that is unique to him alone. And while these magi were following the promise of a star, I believe deep down inside, just like you and me, they were following a different type of promise. One of hope, one of peace, one of joy, one of love. That in this journey, at the end, when that star stopped, that's ultimately what they would find. And they were awestruck that they found it in the innocence and the vulnerability of a baby. But see... And God's promise, he takes us from where we are to where he wants us to be. So the question that I would say in this Advent season as we've been walking through and Barry has done a magnificent job. And I don't say that because he's my boss of walking us through what these, what these meaning of hope and, and love and joy and all these things mean for us. They're promises. And so when we stop and look, my question is, have you been seeing how God has been fulfilling these promises around you? Have you been looking? Have you been aware of, what, of how God is moving in and around the lives of the people that you interact with on a daily basis? Has he been wanting to use you to change lives, 
to move in people's lives, to help them move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Where at times have you been too busy, too distracted by this sale and that party and needing to go visit them that we haven't seen what God has been really doing, let alone seen it. We haven't been able to be a part of it. Have you, have you been looking at what God is doing? Have you been listening to the promise that God has for you? What is it that God wants to do in and through you? during this season as we enter into a new year and there are just, a new year brings a huge amount of promise. It's a fresh start. It's an opportunity to hit the restart button. It's, an, it's, a, it's a chance to continue to reconnect maybe on a deeper level with God. Have you been listening to what he wants to do in and through you? What promises? What promises is he speaking into your life? What stars is he shining brightly for you to see? And what promise does he have for you that he wants to move you from where you are to where he wants you to be to see and do things that can only happen when we pursue the promises God has for us? I've had amazing, amazing past this past fall, three or four months. As I've started to meet more one-on-one with some of my group leaders, and they've been sharing stories after story after story of things that are happening in their life groups and in their access groups. I mean, when I just begin to think about them, I get goosebumps. And when I begin to see the promise of God being fulfilled in each one of those communities, and how he's alive and how he's moving in people's lives, I just sit there and think, oh God, thank you for bringing these leaders into this ministry. Thank you for these volunteers. Thank you for them surrendering to you and and, and for you, God, to move in these leaders' lives to create these communities because without them, these stories wouldn't be possible. Without God moving in the lives of these leaders. Some of these stories like people coming to know Jesus as as their personal Savior. People wrestling and going deeper and saying, you know what, I, I haven't known about this thing, but you know what, I know this is a safe place to continue to discover. To people just sharing some of the depths of their lives that they would sit there and say, you know what, there's absolutely no way I'm going to share and bear my soul with some of these people that are sitting here with, in, in this group and, and vocally say that out loud and then three weeks later breaking down in tears and just pouring out their lives to the same, very same people they said they were going to refuse to do so. Whew. Boy, I tell you what, the promises God has for us, we just stop and we look and we listen Because when we do that and he shines that star, he will move us through his promises from where we are to where he wants us to be. And it's in us and it's through us. 
that the greatest promise of hope that we can bring, Jesus. The greatest promise that we can, of peace, that we can offer, Jesus. The greatest love that we can express, Jesus. And the greatest joy we can experience is Jesus. Why wouldn't we be looking and listening to see how he wants to move in our lives and move us to the place that he wants us to be to help share these promises that I believe ultimately the Magi were searching for and bring them to a people, to a community, to a world that he wants to change in and through each and every one of us. What is the promise that God has in store for you this new year? Are you looking? Are you listening? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the promise that you made and that we see fulfilled in your Son. We thank you, Lord, for the promise of hope, the promise of peace, the promise of joy, and maybe the greatest of all, the promise of your love. And Lord, may we come not just to experience these, but Lord, may you place a desire in our hearts to want to share these promises these experiences with others. Because Lord, when you came in the flesh, you did not just come for a people, but you came for all people. And it's in and through us, Lord, that you want to work and put on display this hope, this peace, this joy, and this love. And so Lord, my prayer for us is that we would be stopping long enough coming out of this holiday season to listen and to look and to see where it is through your promises you want to take us. And we thank you for that, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen.